Nothing ever goes well with podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> so this is normal. Yeah, dude. I, I've recorded 58 episodes at this point, and you're my 58th. And um, there has not been one episode that was like just flawless victory, right? Like something always happens, which is really good, man, because it like conditions you to like keep your anxiety levels down. It's like, okay, just yeah. work through it, work the problem, work the problem, you know? And so anyways, so that's where we're at. But so I will tell you, I probably have that whole file of Lily talking, right? So okay. I may like, I may snippet that in, right? <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, like in dummy Dean, like didn't charge his computer. And so here's some bonus. Footage, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I think we were, I think we we're at the stage of we're, we're, we're guiding you back into telling your story. Um, which yes. was at the the first squadron as an AZ. And then, so like, how long did it take you until you decided to, to cross rate to LN? 10 years. 10 um, years. Like eight, nine. But by the time I actually graduated school, it was 10 years. And so mm -hmm. because the instruction um, explicitly states how long you can be in before you can convert. And mm. so I, I was like right at the cusp of converting. And so um, yeah. 2000 nine i started my conversion package and at that time you had to have english one and two and god is so good that i was taking because i wanted to be a dentist at the time look the idea had popped in my head and so i was going to do it so i started taking classes and all i had was english one and two because i failed right. basic math you know the one that you, that you don't even get a point for i failed it i got a d in it um and so but there was an <laughs> fc2 in my squadron that was trying to convert to legal men and her ECM did not release her. And so she was like, Erica, you should do this. And I was like, I don't know if I want to do that. And then my senior chief at the time had, you know, said, yes, do it. So all I had to do was the NKO courses. And, um, and so I put in my package and we had a board um, and, or my, you know, like a structured interview. So I had a board, um, we had to write a statement and um, the chiefs, in the whole Southeast region, I went to NES Jacks for my board. Um, and interestingly, one of the chiefs um, that sat my board is now the brand new OJAG CMC. So um, it's such a small world. Um, yeah. I, I'm like, wow, I can't believe she sat my board. You, sometimes you don't remember the people. And I, out of all the chiefs, she is one of them. And obviously the chief that helped me, he's retired now, but He's one of them. And so it, it's been really great. Um, went to NJS up in Newport, Rhode Island. Uh, NJS is Naval Justice School um, for a school. And at that time, they were changing the instruction to where, you know, the JAG Corps pays for your associate's degree. And it was brand new as of 2010 that they started doing that. And so for my class in October of 2010, um, half of the class, when you graduated a school, you went to the fleet and the other half of the class, they stayed in uh, Rhode Island and they, com they completed portions of their associate's degree. Um, right. I went to the fleet and I went to a ship the first time being on board a ship, um, 10 years in the Navy and it was different. <laughs> so, um, should I pause here? No, man. I mean, you, Erica, you do whatever you want. This is your episode. You can tell me okay. 18 right. million different things and we'll collate them in some fashion at some point i mean it's it's your episode man right but i am curious what ship you went to uss enterprise enterprise oh shit okay <laughs> and where was she at the time we were in norfolk virginia okay 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 so uh did enterprise did you do a three-year tour there i did i did the last two deployments on board okay right and then, so, um, I'm curious, like, how'd you find yourself in Hawaii? Um, I got, I was in my second look for orders and I took a picture. So I don't know if you know this about me, but when I got divorced, I had sole, um, not sole, excuse me, like home timeshare is what they call it in Florida. So it was like mm -hmm. home timeshare majority at my house. Um, right. and so, um, I, when I got orders, um, I talked to Lily's father and he, the year we got divorced, I got pregnant with Gabriel and he got remarried to another woman. Um, mm -hmm. in 2010, when I was leaving to justice school, 
um, I, I didn't want my kids to be split up. And so I talked to him and I said, you know, hey, would, would you take Gabriel to be with Lily so that they don't have to be split up? And um, he did not. Um, be, yeah drama but uh he did not so gabriel went to my parents house and mm -hmm. lillian went to her dad's house and um i went to the ship and um that was really really tough he not having my kids and now going through another custody battle from being out to sea um him now fighting for custody because you know he had been with her for six months and you know he was like oh i'm gonna fight for custody now and have her solely be with me so my whole adulthood life i've been going through court with lillian she turned 18 um a couple years ago and so i didn't have to fight for that anymore but um that was that was really tough and so i took pictures um of what was what was available i don't know was it called jazz back then to pick orders yeah. it wasn't my navy assignment but well, um, i don't think it was even cms id i think it was still it might have been cms id at that point Who maybe it was cms knows? id but but Who i took a picture knows? of <laughs> but I took a picture of what was available and she wanted Hawaii. And I was like, I really don't want to be that far away from you. Um, but there still wasn't anything on the East coast. Um, and so I talked to the detailer and he was like, you're going to Honolulu. And I was like, but I thought I said Oahu. And, um, and he's like, same thing. Um, and I was so sad and devastated. My daughter yeah. was so happy. Um, which, in hindsight, I look back at it and I'm so happy that I was able to give my daughter um, experiences in life. And I'm so glad yeah. that she got to be able to be with her father and be close and have, you know, go to the aunt's house, the uncle's house, the grandparents' house, the cousin's house and do things like that. Because Gabriel being with me in Hawaii, he wasn't around cousins and aunts and uncles and things like that. Yeah. What he had, though, was the chief's mess and he had uncles and aunts in the chief's mess. And that was pretty cool. Um, yeah but I got to give my daughter experiences in life that a lot of kids um, in her small hometown didn't have. So when she yeah. come back and show them pictures of being in Hawaii, they're like, that's not Hawaii. You didn't go there. Um, well, up, so that bitch. was pretty yeah, dude. <laughs> <laughs> she says, she's like, people probably think I'm lying mom. Cause I tell them you're in the Navy. And then I'm like, oh yeah, my mom's a bodybuilder. Oh yeah, my mom, no, she doesn't live in Hawaii anymore. She lives in Japan. She's like, they probably think that I'm full of crap. Um, I was like, who yeah. cares what they think? Yeah, whatever, dude. Yeah, man, I think that that's probably the one thing. Like, if I if I look at, like, what I regret about this career, you know, there's not much. There's not much that I regret. One is time away. I mean, for me, I've, I've been at sea until recently, like, most of my career, you know. And so, you know, you – it's not, but that I don't really regret it so much as like that was just part of the gig, you know what I mean? But the one thing I think that I do regret is, like you were talking about, this ability to have your kids be around like family, like cousins, aunts, uncles, you know, because um, – and it's not just the Navy. I think that just like our culture has gone this way where like we move. We move away. Like we, we move away from hometown. And when you yep. do that, man, like you, you deprive your kids of an opportunity to kind of like have that, that connection with people that, you know, are their relatives. And, you know, there's, there's some benefits to that. Like my kids can walk into any room and feel comfortable, right? They're like, they're, they're good. You know, they don't need to be around people they're familiar with. And so mm -hmm. like they get that benefit of being military kids, but like when they go back home and they're around their cousins and everything, I get to see how happy they are. Cause you know how it is, man. Like when you share blood with somebody, you share DNA with somebody like, you're like, Oh, Hey, Hey, you kind of look like me. Like, and we kind of think the same, like, yeah, no shit because you're family. Right. And, um, mm -hmm. I don't know. It's just one of those things I think about a lot. And like, um, like as you know, my time kind of winds down that, that that's one of the things I'm really looking forward to is like, even though they're older now, just having them around, you know, family, you know, and, uh, and of course they're like, you know, same thing. They're kind of like your daughter, right? Like, wait, where are you from? Uh, Japan. Shut up. <laughs> like, no, seriously. Like there's my mom. <laughs> She's obviously Japanese, you know? Um, but yeah, man, that's that. I mean, that's awesome, dude. So she's 18 now. Is she, is she living with you full time now? Yeah, she's 19. Um, okay. but she, so in all the years I didn't have her, my like, thing that would help me sleep at night is thinking, well, 
when I get back to the States, Lily's going to live with me. When I get back to the States, she's finally going to live with me. My heart will be at peace. And then I moved back here in 2021 and she was like, I'm not going to live with you. And I was like, what? And she was like, no, I'm going to go to college. And I was just so hurt. And I, it was like reality check, like what junior adult, you know, grown adult wants to live with their parents. Um, I mean, I do, so I don't have to pay rent, but, um, or mortgage, <laughs> I should say, but, but someone just starting out who wants to do it, nobody. Yeah. Um, yeah. but, uh, around Christmas time, she decided that she didn't like, uh, nursing school and she mm. wanted a change in life. And so she moved here at Christmas on Christmas and it's been really great having her yeah. and like reconnecting with her. She's my best friend. Like yeah. we've always been close but we're even closer now that she's here. Um, yeah. Y'all just having it, fun together, just reconnecting. Yes. That's, I love that's it. amazing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah my, you know, my oldest is 19. Um, so they're probably about the same age and mm-hmm. uh, she'll be 20 this year. And she's back in Texas, man. Like, it, you know, she graduated same thing. And I, I told her, like, I was like, dude, you can stay here as long as you want to. I'm not kicking you out at 18. Baby, baby girl, you, you can stay here as long as you want to. And, we used to joke that like she was going to like set up shopping like the shed in the, in the backyard and like, you know, she'd be like 35, 40 years old, just living there, you know? Um, but, uh, we were joking obviously, but, um, now she's back in Texas living with my mom and that was her idea, man. She was like, she's like, what if I go live with Nana? I was like, well, uh, that's available, you know? And, um, she did one semester of, of, uh, community college. She's like, yeah, I don't think that's for me. <laughs> and, uh, and so she's going to go to, uh, to beauty school, right. Which that's always been her thing. And she's, she's a beautiful oh, I girl. Love she loves doing makeup and hair. And, um, but just seeing her like grow into her own person over there, she's driving around. She went to an Astros game the other night. She's got friends. She sent me a picture of her drinking like margaritas, like girl, you ain't 21. What are you doing? <laughs> you know? Uh, it's just been a lot of fun, man. Like once they get to that age, <laughs> yeah, you know? know, right? Yeah. But, uh, that's awesome, man. So, it's, um, so good question. Yeah. I got a, I got an answer. Okay. So when we, you know, Gabe, we went to Hawaii when Gabe was in kindergarten and then we went to Japan right after that. So coming over here, he's now going into eighth grade, you know, mm-hmm. pretty much a big part of the developmental phase and his, you know, who he is was overseas. Um, so when we got back to mainland or CONUS, um, he had a hard time. He's like, Whoa, look at all these trucks. Whoa, look at all this land. How do you know how to get places? You know, Hawaii is such a small Island. You don't really use GPS. Once you like live there, I always use GPS in Japan, but once you find your way, you know, you know where you're going. Um, he didn't know personal space. Um, like just little things (laughs) Daylight savings time. He was like, what the heck is that? Um, yeah. They don't have it in Hawaii and they don't have it in Japan. Like little tiny little things that like most people would just kind of brush off as like a small thing was like a huge thing to him. Do your kids, when when you guys go back to America, do you see small little things that us, you know, growing up in the States that we found normal, but they find different or odd? That's a great question. I think that I, I'm going to be 100 about it. Like I don't go back as much as I should. So let's just be like totally upfront with that. Like um, I'm going back more now um, for a variety of reasons. I'm on, I'm an SRF now. And so like I have a reason to go back for work, which helps mm-hmm. from a cost perspective. And also uh, my daughter's there. Right. So like, yeah, I love my mom. I, I love my family back there, but my baby girl's there. So like, I'm going to find a way to get back to the States, go visit, you know? And, um, so number one, we don't go very often as much as we should. Um, but I'll say this, that when I brought Millie back, I almost got her, um, you know, a small concealed carry. Right. Um, but we opted for pepper spray and I taught her how to use it and, she never had to use it. She never even felt threatened. Right. But I think I was, I, maybe I was more worried about her safety than, than she was, or was realistic to be worried about number one. Um, but then like, so Hazel and Elizabeth, they spent three weeks in Texas. So they, you know, they went to San Antonio family reunion. They went without us, right. Flew without us, you know, 16 and 14. And, um, 
Like they didn't want to come back. Post on that. Yeah. They didn't want to come back, man. Like Hazel was sitting, like they were sitting at the gate in Houston and we're FaceTime and she was like, Hmm. So just hypothetically speaking, what would happen if we were to miss our flight? I was like, dude, you're at the gate. You're, you're literally at the gate. You can't miss your flight right now. You know, like don't miss your fucking flight. Right. Um, <laughs> And so I guess all of that is to say, you know, kind of to answer your question that, um, you know, I think there's some things that they see if we're in the city. So like uh, homeless, they're like, oh, man, that kind of sucks. You know, mm -hmm. like we were in Austin and some homeless dude started beating on the, the door at Starbucks and it was like a whole thing. But like yeah. you see shit like that in the city, you know. And um, like when you're on the river walk in San Antonio or almost anywhere in America now, it smells like weed, like everywhere, yep. like everywhere smells like weed now. Yeah. And so like, I think that's a little off putting to them. Like, like uh, I know what that smell is like. Yeah, dude, me too. And um, you know, so I, I think there's little things like that and, and you know, only time will tell, but like Millie man, like it, it was, it's been really amazing. We, I sent her, so she and I went back in November of last year. I stayed for, you know, two weeks, got her set up, got her driver's license. You know, we had a car in storage from Hawaii, the blue car that we had in Hawaii, pulled mm -hmm. out of storage, just like basically a brand new car. And um, got her set up with a job at the country club by my mom's house. So she's making good money, waiting tables, right? And uh, dude, just to see how she kind of just, she made friends. She's established this little life for herself. She's got a, you know, she's got a boyfriend. Right. And, um, I don't know, man. Like, so yeah, are there little things? Sure. Um, and I don't think my kids are special in any sense, but they, they sure are fucking resilient, man. And they're pretty girls. And I don't know, man, I'm, I'm blessed. I'm, I'm truly blessed because like they just kind of take shit in stride. You know what I mean? And, um, I don't know. I don't know, man. Here I am. I'm having like a dad moment now, man. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> <laughs> but now I understand it though. I mean, I probably get more freaked out by the States than they do. I did with the whole like sex trafficking thing. When I first got here, I was like, what? I have to worry about that. Um, yep. I just more things. Japan was so safe and I felt like Hawaii was safe. Um, and here in Florida, um, it's somewhat safe. I mean, it's not, it's not horrible. I've never had any issues here in my neighborhood or, you know, I gave school or, you know, yeah. um, but yeah, just wondering kind of, cause when we first got here, I was just, I was like, who are you? Like, you're such a weirdo to my son because I'm like, no, it's yeah. daylight savings time. Give somebody personal space. Don't stand right next to them. Um, and people <laughs> just like look at him like he was a weirdo. And, um, so I was wondering, you know, kind of like how it is for your kids, but you made a very, valid point with the concealed carry license thing and the pepper spray and being safe as well. Um, my daughter got that uh, pepper spray when she was 16 and first got her, you know, driver's license in a car because it's something and I was like, that's, that's a little much, but I'd been Oconus for so long that I right. was so out of touch with what was going on in the States, you know? Yeah. I don't know, man. Like I'm, I'm excited to get back there. I, you know, I've kind of told anybody that'll listen at this point, like my exit, my exit plan is like 2027 and um, I love Japan. There'll never be a time where I will not spend time here. We'll, we'll keep a residence here, um, that I, that, you know, mommy and I can spend time in, but like, I'm, I'm just ready to get back, man. And like, you know, drive my truck and like, I, I don't care about this. I'll go to the city when I need to, but like where kind of where my family is, is like, I don't have to worry about a bunch of bullshit, man. Like it's, it's safe. And if, people get out of line then like you don't have to call the police you know so uh you just kind of just kind of handle shit. yeah so, i'm kind of excited for that man i'm kind of excited like i love japan i love the structure i love the, the safety but um you know as an american living in japan you just always kind of feel restricted a little bit right like you just feel in in a box and then you and you know if you grew up in the states then you get back to the states it's like whoo like I can breathe again kind of thing, you know? No, yeah, I can um, see that, yeah. yeah. Right, so. Hey, so let me take it here. So when did you start your fitness journey? Like, what was there a moment or was it like a slow yeah. creep? Or like, I want to know about that, man. Okay, 
So in 2014, um, some of my girlfriends came over and we got drunk on wine and we decided we made a pact that we were going to compete in a fitness competition. Um, because I just, I was like, wow, that's the epitome of like fitness. That's like health, like the women, their muscles, their bodies, like they just look beautiful, um, strong, you know? And so we had made this pact to compete and I went back to work the next day and I was telling my civilian, um, about it. And, um, she said, oh, I competed in competitions and she showed me her social media pictures. And I was like, what? Um, at the time I was going to the gym on base and I would go to spin class at lunch and, um, New Year's was coming up, uh, months later, New Year's was coming up and, um, I still, I had no idea how to compete in a fitness competition. So I, I was like, let me start going to spin class. So when New Year's was coming up for New Year's resolutions, the spin teacher asked, does anyone have any New Year's resolutions? And I raised my hand and I did, and I said, I do. And so she started coaching me, um, and I had to like pay her under the table, like $80 a session. I don't even charge that as a personal trainer. Um, it was so expensive. And, um, Athena was like, Hey, I know someone who's, uh, IFBB pro and he's going to start training me. So cancel, you know, fire your other lady and come train with auto. And so I started training with auto and I actually got real workouts and it was like real nutrition plans. And, um, just, he really dialed me in and, and, um, so 2015 is when I started, uh, January of 2015. And I competed in my first show in June. Um, I didn't really know the true structure and discipline of a competition because I had one of my friends, uh, staying with me and she'd come over on the weekend. She was on one of the ships out there. She'd come over on the weekends and cook for me and stuff. And she'd be like, you can have it in moderation. You can have it. I know people that have competed. You can have it in moderation. And so I'd be like, oh, moderation. And so I'm, <laughs> you know, eat the food. Yeah. And I got to my first show and I was like, holy shit, these girls look really good. And I look like crap. Um, good in like a normal setting, but like sure. in a bodybuilding setting, I looked like crap. Um, and so that was when I realized like, I, I need to be all about this. Like if I'm going to compete in a show, I'm going to spend the money on this and spend the time on doing this. Um, it's, it's very expensive. Um, then I need to put everything I have into it. And so the next show I did was February of 2016 and I was so skinny. Um, I looked good, but I didn't have enough muscle mass because you have to go through a growing stage. Yeah, right. So we worked on getting all that fat off, um, that I had from eating in moderation. And so I just showed, I was like, just skin and bones. Um, and at that show, I saw this, this, um, coach, her name was Jackie. And I loved how she was with her girls and they was, they were a team. And so backstage, they were all working together, um, collectively for the group, you know? Um, and I, I, she told them like, Hey, you guys need to, to eat your snacks. Like when you start pumping up before you go on the show, on stage for the show, you know, have your gummies or have your cookies or have your wine or whatever each girl's, you know, assigned thing was. Um, and my coach was like, eat your fish. Um, or, or I didn't have anything to eat at all until after the show. And so, um, and I just, I like the female aspect of that. Also, um, she checked her girls out in their suits before they went on stage and made sure they looked good to go. And this is just like a auto is really great. And we're still friends this day. But when I got on stage and I did my back pose, the way my spray tan tanned my oh, no. ass, it looked like <laughs> I shit my pants. And so I'm doing my back pose and my bikini comes down and, it, and then there's a brown spray tan around it. There is no way a girl would have let me step on stage like that. Right. And he's like, yeah, you look good. And so look that's good. a pre-judging. Yeah. Yeah. And so my posing coach was in my hotel room scrubbing my asshole like trying to get that off for the night show. Um, and so after that, I was like, Otto, I got to go. I got to go with Jackie. And he's like, okay, cool. You know, like I understand. Um, and so I went with Jackie and that's where I learned a lot. And, and I got even more disciplined because you're working out. She would have us girls work out together. So it wasn't one-on-one -on -one training like I did with Otto. It was like three girls at it. And you better wish you have three girls in that team because she would break your soul in the gym. Um, if it was just one-on-one, -on -one, I'd be like, what, you're going to train me one-on-one. -on -one? I'm, I'm good. I'm good. Um, so that's what really built the team and the morale between us on our, on our team, um, was working out together. Cause you do a whole entire prep with everyone and tons of practicing and like posing practice. Cause that's, you're on stage for 10 seconds. So she would do all of our posing practice for us. 
So I spent all of 2017 growing and then I competed in 2000. No, I did a show in the fall of 2017, right before the senior enlisted Academy. And then, um, and, and then I did a show in 2018, right before I left the Island and went to, um, Japan. And then when I left, I decided I'm going to do figure cause I was a bikini competitor. Um, I decided I was going to do figure, but, um, I did not start figure until 2019. I went through a slew of like trying to find other coaches, um, yeah. and all these social media influencer coaches that would send me these cookie cutter plans. Or when I say that I've been a bodybuilder for however many years and in their email to me, it's, Oh, I know you're new at bodybuilding. I'm like, you didn't even read my message. So, um, in Japan, 2018, 2019, I was kind of just like learning my job, learning, you know, learning the, the, the I guess I'm gonna say island, Japan's an island, uh, learning, learning kind of like getting my bearing, I guess you could say, and then just training myself and um, working with some flimsy coaches um, until I met another bodybuilder in the gym from Yakota. And he's like, come, come join my team, come work out with me and my coach, Peter. And I was like, ah, let me see, let me see one of your plans real quick. Let me see what he like sends you. And I was like, okay, this is legit. And I, um, he said, no, Peter's really good. We check in daily. Um, if I don't check in, he's on my ass. Peter used to be in the air force and he got out and now he's just been, he's been bodybuilding for 20 plus years. And so I got on Peter's team and I've been with him since May of 2020. And let me tell you, when I was working on my master's degree, the stuff I learned, Peter does not have a degree, but the stuff he knows from experience is shit that I learned during my master's program, shit that I'm wow. learning in my PhD. So he's just so smart. Um, I, I, one time I sent him a picture, a uh, progress picture, and he was like, hey, do, do your knees hurt? And I said, yeah, how, how do you know that? Yeah. He's like, the way that you're standing on them and the way that you look at them when you're posing, because I have to send video and pictures in the mornings. Um, he's like, I can tell. So how about when you do your leg exercises? And he gave me some some recommendations for, you know, for leg day. I was like, you're so smart. How do you know that? You know, or he can tell if I, he'd yeah. be like, you didn't drink enough water yesterday, did you? And he can tell that in my body. And I, I now I'm able to tell that in my clients. Um, or you got less than, you know, seven hours of sleep last night. And I'm like, God, you're good. This is when I first started training with him. I'm like, how the hell does he know yeah. that I only got four hours or five hours of sleep? Um, right. And a lot of stuff that I, I learned, I try to prove him wrong. And so I do, when I was going through my master's program, I do, a, I'm like, I'm going to do a research paper on this and prove you wrong that I don't have to get seven hours of sleep or eight hours of sleep. And it turns out he was right. So a lot of the stuff of me realizing how right he is, was me trying to prove him wrong. Yeah. Um, but is yeah, that's still, how I got is it. Is he still in Japan? He, he was never in Japan. He was in China. Um, oh, wow, and okay. the year I moved back here, his wife got, his wife was um, not in the military, but his wife was in China um, working and now they're back in New York. So we're both back in the States now. So you do, he's still your coach and y'all do all of it virtual. Mm -hmm. Wow. Hopefully man. we'll meet this year. I've never met him before. Um, yeah. but, um, I'm, I'm competing. I'm 13 weeks out now from my next show. And, um, I have, I don't, I'm going to do the master's show in Anaheim, California in November. So you don't have to place in a show to do masters. You just have to do the show kind of like in Japan. You just have to do the show to show up. And so he has some other um, clients doing that show as well. So he's going to try and make it out there so he can be there for us nice. because we haven't, we've never met before and it's typically so cool, one of your coaches man. at your show. So, yeah. um, but if he does the Olympia or if he goes to the Olympia, he, he's kind of had to pull out of a lot of his shows. Um, he's a pro as well. He's a two, one, two bodybuilder. So he's really huge. Um, but he got injured. And so he's trying to you know, recover from an injury, but he was trying mm -hmm. to make the Olympia stage this year. But anyway, my show is in Orlando at the same location as the Olympia on October 28th. And the Olympia is like the next following days. So if he gets there a little bit early, then he can be there for my, for my show in 13 weeks. No kidding, man. So your next show is in Orlando. Yep. And what's the, what's the date on that? It's October 28th. Okay. And, uh, wow, dude. So October 28th. So I'm always curious about this, man. So you may have seen that I talked to like um, Jordan Rice. I connected you guys on, on yeah. Instagram. It was her first show. She has a great story. She lost like a hundred pounds. And then, you know, two years later, you know, um, competing. Um, she's super cool too, by the way. Like she's fun. She's, she's, she's a fun chick. Right. 
Um, but anyways, uh, what I'm curious about is like, like when, so, okay. Like how do you pick a date for a show? And then given the time constraints, like kind of walk me through what that looks like. So, okay. I'm competing October 28th. I have a steady state of, of fitness and, and like diet. I, I would assume that you have like that. Okay. Yeah. I don't, I don't stray out of this. Like this is, this is my norm, but then like, you know, you're talking October 28th. So, uh, three months out basically, right? Mm -hmm. Like what is, what does these next three months look like for you as you pre prepare to like cut weight and like get, get, you know, into, into the shape that you need to be for that show. Cause I've heard so it's fucking hard, man. It's really hard. You, you reach a point of despair, um, <laughs> <laughs> where you're just like, I remember competing in Japan and I would tell Nikki, I'm like, who even wants to look good? Like, I've, I don't even want to do this anymore. And she's like, yes, you do shut up. And you yeah. have to remember, no one's making me do this. I'm doing this for myself. So, right. but you reach a point to where you feel like you have nothing left to give because you're so hungry. You're so exhausted. Um, and it's like, how do I push out another rep in the gym? How do I do another bicep curl, which it seems like something just like so minute, but it's, you're just drained and you have to keep pushing past that, which is why I love it so much because where you think is your max, you have so much more untapped potential past that. Um, right. and I love it because you keep pushing yourself past, you know, just continuing to push yourself. Um, but what does it look like? So it, it depends for everyone. Um, some people only have eight week preps. Some people have 12 week preps. Some people have 21 week preps. Um, mine was pretty long because I got fat last year. Um, I, life happened. I, as soon as I got back here, um, I got here in September of 21 and I had, a sh I had the same show I'm going to do now. I did it in October of, of 2021. I placed really well. I went to nationals that year. I started dating somebody in between there and I just, you know, I didn't push as hard as I should have. And mm -hmm. it's my fault. Um, yep. And so after that, you know, being back, you know, in the same state that my family's from and having my daughter, her senior year, turning 18, all the homecoming, all these big life things. Um, it, I was trying to prep for a show in 2022, but just having all of these big life things happen, it was really hard. And my parents were like, you're in Florida, come visit us. And I'm like, that's a seven hour drive. But okay, I will to come visit you guys. It was just, it was a lot of stress. Um, so I had to back out of the show. My body was not adapting very well to the program. So that, I gained a lot of weight from that. Um, and I ate my feelings. Um, so then in February of this year, 2023, I reached out to my coach and I said, hey, I'm ready. Let's, let's do it. Um, so this has been a very long prep. During the prep, we do a lot of mini cuts to see how my body's going to react when it's time mm. for the big cut. We don't we don't mm. change a lot. Like, for example, for me, this prep uh, meal one is thank God I don't have egg whites anymore and and eggs. At a point, you just get grossed out. Um, so this prep I have for meal one, I have um, thirty grams of protein. Um, I have uh, half a scoop of oatmeal and a tablespoon of peanut butter for meal one every single day unless he's cutting carbs out. Like I just did a low carb day today and a low carb day yesterday and it's back to normal schedule tomorrow. Um, so I had no, no carbs at all, no oatmeal. And then meal two is uh, four ounces of chicken and green vegetables. I like green beans. So that's what I stick with. Mm. Uh, meal three is a protein shake. Meal four is um, four ounces of chicken, green vegetables and um, half a cup of rice. And then the same thing for meal five, except I get five ounces of chicken. So I only have five meals a day. Um, and, and it's, it, that's it. Now, if he's pulling carbs, he he'll pull out the, the rice, um, throughout the meals and he'll pull out, um, the, the oatmeal in the morning. And then if he's really trying to see like what my body would do in a lean state, um, he'll pull out some of the chicken and give me protein shakes to, to drink that when you drink a lot of protein, when you start getting really lean, it leaves somewhat of like a film on your skin. So we're still mm. far enough out for it not to do that. But once I start getting into the cut phase, we have to be careful. Um, a lot of competitors will eat fish, um, but my coach is like, I'll give you the extra fat from the chicken. It's okay. Like who wants to eat fish all the time? So I was like, oh, thank you. <laughs> um, so as we cut down in these next 13 weeks, um, it'll be more of the same diet. He, we don't like to veer off too far from what we're doing because you never know how your body's gonna react then. So we've been doing these mini cuts. Um, 
what is going to start happening is more cardio in the morning. So right now on training days, I have 45 minutes of fasted cardio in the morning. So that means I don't eat and I go and I perform cardio at a moderate in, um, intensity level. And then I work out in the evenings. And then after I work out, I do um, hit. So like five rounds of hit and my hit has to last 60 seconds with 60 second rest. And then on my rest days, today's a rest day, I have an hour of fasted cardio in the morning. And then I also have five rounds of hit. Um, mm. And that will intensify. It'll get up to 12 rounds. If my body's not reacting um, or responsive, I should say, it could go up to 16 rounds. That's happened before. And when I first started with my coach, he would have me doing battle ropes. Could you imagine doing battle ropes for 60 seconds straight, doing uh. burpees? Um, <laughs> so it was burpees and battle ropes. That was all he gave me. And then I was like, screw this. I'm going to use my degrees to my advantage and do research yeah. on like what high intensity interval workouts work the best. So that's right. what I did. And I started finding other workouts. And then what I did was I just started doing the road machine. God bless you. So Thank I started you. doing the road machine and that ended up being my hit, um, which is okay. a great full body workout. So that's kind of what it's going to look like for the next 13 weeks. Um, he just updated me again today and he's added, um, it was three rounds of hit after I work out. Now it's five rounds of hit. So 10 minutes of hit. I'm, I'm okay with that. Um, yeah. And how much, how much, so, you know, obviously it's about how you look and, and about your form and your definition. And like, those are the important things I would imagine, but um, like how much weight do you see yourself lose? Like in, in your cut phase, like mini cut five, 10 pounds and then big cut like 15 or, or like, am I off with that? It's different every prep. When I was a bikini competitor, a lot. Um, as a figure competitor, he he likes to keep me. If I I started out at one seventy eight um, mm. in February, and now this morning I was one fifty nine. If I drop okay. past one fifty eight, he starts getting a little antsy. Um, mm. But my show weight will probably be maybe one forty five because you got to be careful when you start losing. Because I'm I'm still trying to bulk. And you have to be careful because as you lose fat, you're going to lose a little bit of that muscle too. And we mm. can't tell our body where to lose the fat from and all of that. So right. we're very careful. So I do a lot of like walking and not yeah. running um, yep. just to keep your muscle mass and a lot of stairs or walking at an incline. Um, but it's probably only going to be maybe 10 more pounds when I go on, on stage. Right. And so for, for us novices out here, like what's the difference between figure and bikini? The suits, um, the body structure and like your physique and how you look and the posing. So okay. for example, bikini competitors, bikini competitors have two piece suits and figure competitors have one piece suits. But when you look at a figure competitor, it looks like a two piece bikini. Um, oh. we have connectors in the back that crisscross on our back sure. and that's sure. your suit. That makes it a one piece suit is the connectors on the back. Okay. Um, and then bikini is all about having like big glutes and nice round shoulders, like capped shoulders. Um, you want to have a V taper, very, very trim waist, mm -hmm. um, and very small legs. And because my legs got big they didn't have wellness at the time. They didn't have a wellness category until 2020. So, um, I was like, well, let me go to figure. Um, can you come get this dog please? <laughs> um, so <laughs> wellness is more of like the, if you think about a Brazilian, um, athlete, they, they're going to mm. have really thick quads and really thick, um, glutes. Um, that would be a wellness category, very small waist. And they still have, they're like, they look like, like a bikini competitor on top, but on the bottom, they look like a horse, like just big round glutes and just big juicy legs. Um, and then figure is more striation. So like more striated, okay. yeah. you're going to see the definition in the legs. Um, yeah. Still a small waist, but it's more of a boxier waist, but still a small waist and a V taper. And then um, big shoulders and you have to have, you have to have a really big back. Um, mm. I think that's how I won my last couple shows is just my back. Um, until you looked at my glutes <laughs> with, and with figure, you need to have like, they call them 3d glutes. Like you want to have like, just, they, they just sit right with bikini. Yeah. Um, they want to see like this, like diamond shaped glute. Um, and they call mm. it like a glute ham tie in, but there's no such muscle called that. It's just where the, it's where the muscle insertion is. And, um, for the, for the hamstring where the glutes and the hamstrings kind of like tie in. Sure. Yeah. So that's okay. the difference. And then posing. Yeah. 
Yeah. So, and, and is that like your cat? Are you your figure now? Right. I'm figure now. Yeah. Yeah. So you got the show in Orlando in October. And then you said you have one in Anaheim that you're planning on next year in February or something like this year, year, this year, November. Um, Oh, wow. You're going back to back. Yeah. So I actually thought about, they have the Arnold, um, or the, uh, the amateur Olympia on, um, October 31st. And I was like, well, if I do well on the 28th, maybe I could do the, uh, amateur Arnold and win my pro card there. But, um, I'll see. I'll see. I mean, I'll already be there. So I'll I'll ask my coach, you know, as we start coming down and he sees my body, if he thinks that's a good enough show for me to do typically when planning shows, you want to plan a big show. You want to see who you're up against to see, you don't want to plan it. You don't want to plan to go to a small show where you're one of one, you're going to win. Like that doesn't show you how you compare to other people. So you want to set out on shows and doing bigger ones. Um, and like the structure of finding a show is, um, the, the judges that are going to be at this show in Orlando that I do, I should probably try to do other shows that those same judges are going to see me at. Because if you go to different shows just all over the place with all the different judges, they're looking for different things. So um, the judge in Anaheim, I should probably, if I was doing it right, I would have picked a, a regional show in California so that whenever I did my master's show there, then they would have already seen me. And I'm not just some new random name. Um, but that's kind of like how you pick a show, um, in, in the bodybuilding world, in the amateur world anyway. Um, in the pro world, I don't know, um, because I'm not a pro yet. Yeah. So is that your aspiration though? Do do you want, do you want to move into the pro realm? When I retire, that's what I see myself doing. And I know I'm old. Um, uh, you know, a lot of competitors, they, they're like retired bodybuilders by the time. I know, but there's a lot of bodybuilders by the time they're 40, they're like, oh, I'm not doing that after 40. I did that my whole youthful years. Um, for me, I this is what I want to do when I retire. I, I want to be free. I want to work out. I want to help other people live healthier lives. And that's, you know, just spread that. Um, and I, I, I find it like really motivating. Like I said earlier, like just seeing my body change and put, continuing to push myself and that's what I want to do. One day I want to be on the Olympia stage. So. Absolutely. You'll get there. You'll get there, dude. I mean, you've done everything that you said you were going to do up to this point. So what would, what would prevent you from doing that? You'll get there. Right. I mean, I believe you know, it. it's not like you're five years ago saying that, you know, not having done anything up to this point, like you've got a proven track record of doing what the fuck it is, you, you know, that you said you're going to mm-hmm. do. So if you say that you want to be on the Olympia stage, just say, I will be on the Olympia stage someday because you will be right. Like I have no doubt. There's no fucking doubt, dude. So, um, as a pro, what is that? So I guess, I guess, how does this work? So like, if you're a pro, um, does that, does that equal like potential sponsorships, endorsements, um, obviously credibility in your own personal training business, uh, as, mm-hmm. as you know, a pro, um, but kind of like besides like the satisfaction of, of having accomplished that goal, like what, what does that kind of equal, uh, from, a, from, a, I guess, a, a benefit to you perspective? So for, for me, it would, it, the, the biggest benefit is just like reaching a goal that I've always wanted to reach. Um, mm-hmm. everything else is a bonus, but, um, as a pro, of course, you know, people want if you're placing first and second and third place at shows, people want you wearing their bikinis. People want you wearing their heels, their jewelry, things like that, because they want to say that they're associated with you. So of course they're going to want to sponsor you or make you an ambassador of their brand or product or whatever. Um, and so um, my bikini coach in Hawaii, the one that was really insane with workouts, uh, she was a pro and she had someone sponsoring her suits and someone that would sponsor her flights and her hotels when she would fly off Hawaii and go mainland and compete. Um, and the way it would work is with her sponsorships specifically is for the bikini, she would borrow it, wear it, you know, whatever, and send it back. She didn't get to keep it forever. But with the hotels, if she placed first or second, then they would reimburse her for her hotel fees and her airline fees. Um, so that's kind of how it works. And if you don't fulfill your end of the bargain by placing 
you know, top three, then, um, then you, it comes out of your own pocket. Um, and then you have the opportunity at certain shows that you compete in depending on the prize money. And typically when you're looking for a show, you're going to pick for, you're going to pick the larger shows, but a lot of those larger shows pay out more money, uh, to the competitors. And so that pushes you even more. If, if it's about the money, it's not usually when you're competing, it's not really about the money because it costs more money than what you're winning. It costs more money to compete and buy the supplements and the food and the clothes and all that's your suit that you're going to wear. It costs more than what you're going to, $2,000 that you win first or second place. So, um, but yeah. And then if you, as a pro, depending on how you place at your pro pro qualifier shows, it gets you, you earn, I don't want to say it gets you, but you, you earn a spot to compete on the Olympia stage. And then um, of course the, the, pedigree of being an Olympian athlete. Um, and you know, you win prize money at the Olympia if you place in the top, um, four, five placings at the Olympia. Um, so all of that, you know, those are just bonuses, right. but yeah, I think just to be able to step on stage with some of those, that's what I felt at the nationals when I went, cause Japanese nationals and American nationals are completely different. And I was like, I'm here with these women, like, what the hell am I doing here? Like yeah. someone thinks I deserve to be here with these women. Um, because at yeah. that show in 2021, when I placed first, um, in my age category and then second in the open all with all ages, I was like, which qualified me to go to nationals. I was like, somebody thinks that I deserve to be here. What the hell? Like that means yeah. like, don't be discouraged, Erica. Like they look hella good, but so do you or else you wouldn't be here. Um, yeah. So that was, that was really cool to be able to step on stage with those other ladies, um, back then. And, and I want to do it again. So, yeah. Yeah. So I, I love talking to you about this, man, because it's, you're so passionate about it. You can tell that this is like, you're like, this is where you find your joy. Right. And mm -hmm. it's because it's, it's all of the aspects of everything you love, right? Like, you know, you take care of yourself. There's, you know, there's, there's the, the competition portion of it. There's like the, you know, um, getting to know people and like, kind of like the networking portion. And I can just tell, like when you, when, you know, you just spent whatever, 20 minutes telling tell me all about this. And like, like you can just, you can just tell that you have joy in this and like your eyes light up and you're like, you know, you, 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 you're <laughs> all the details and like, Oh man, like, so, and I, and, and, and like when we were in Hawaii, I think that it was pretty new. And I think you didn't feel comfortable really because again, people were talking shit and I mean, yeah. God is right. And just to see you like have kind of forged this path and like, um, really set a really good example for not just females, but just anybody in the Navy, right. That, that has a talent or a passion. Like, um, it's, it's, it's been really fun to watch, man. Like your, your kind of evolution from I'm going to compete in a show to, I'm going to be on the fucking Olympia stage someday. Right. Like it's pretty fucking dope, man. Like from my perspective and, uh, I don't know, man, I'm like super proud of you. Right. When I first started, my dad, my preacher dad was like, you don't need to be on stage on a, in front of a bunch of strangers naked. And I was like, I'm not naked dad. I'm in a bikini. Yes, exactly. In front of strangers just goggling all over you. And then uh, I become a figure competitor and he like posted my picture on his Facebook. He's like, I'm so proud of my daughter, blah, blah, blah. I was like, what the heck happened? So people change, you know, um, yep. things change. And, you know, he saw how hard I had worked at it. And um, it, it, it really means a lot to see other people's views of you. Like, okay, no, she's not on stage, you know, just walking around in like a wet t-shirt contest. It's, there's a lot of hard work and it was hard work that I put into it. You know, it's like, no one gave it to me. No one gives it to these people that you have to work super duper hard for it. So, and then it shows if you don't, it shows on stage like it did in my first competition. So, yeah. um, and then you regret, <laughs> you have regrets. Yeah. I mean, there's something to that, man. So I, I'm kind of not in, in any form, you know, um, bodybuilding or, or, you know, fitness competition, but like, I have in the last probably year or so really started paying attention to my physique, you know, and I'm not there yet, but part of it is that like 
like nobody's going to give that to you, whether you're competing at your level or whether you just like look in the mirror and like, damn, you look pretty good, bro. You know, um, like you have to work, you have to work for it. Like you don't yeah. get that for free, bro. Like there's, it's not, it's fucking impossible. And I think that that's why it's kind of like a calling card, right? Like if you see somebody that takes care of themselves, like it's not just about their physique, probably they would be a good business partner. Not always, but at least, you know, they, they know how to work. Right. Um, mm -hmm. they probably can give you good advice. They'll probably, you know, um, be a good friend because they know what discipline and, and like, you know, working hard and setting goals and, and they know what that looks like. And so like somebody that looks good, again, it's, it's like a calling card. It's like, Hey man, like we're, we're kind of in the same club, not just because we take care of ourselves, but cause like we know how to like be disciplined. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Um, I think that, yeah, you have to set goals and you have to set them small. When I talk to my sailors and we do CDBs or midterms or even eval debriefings and we're talking about goals or even mentorship, you know, we're talking about goals. Um, I do it like I'm doing a periodized training program and you break it up into small little clumps and yeah. um, like, what are your goals, you know, um, and fitness goals. What are your fitness goals? What are, you know, um, Mel Adams, when she used to do CDBs and, and midterms and things like that, she would have us do this like T-chart and it'd be like life work, family, fitness, or you take the life out and you put finances or, you know what I mean? And, and you fill it in like that, but it's another way of breaking it down and setting goals like that. And that's, mm -hmm. that's kind of what I think about the, the fitness aspect too, is, um, yeah, yeah. You have to set those goals. Um, and you have to work towards, towards it just like in, you would in the military. And if you say you're going to do it, you better do it. Um, this way you're holding yourself accountable though. Like at work, your our sailors hold us accountable. Um, but who's going to hold you accountable in the fitness world. You have to hold yourself accountable. So that really, that really does come down to the, the discipline of your day in day out, what you're eating um, because it's 80% diet. So what are you eating that affects your body? Um, and then the workouts that you're doing to build your muscle. Um, yeah. Sorry. I started yeah. noticing I was rambling and I had to stop. No, dude, you're doing good. What are you talking about? You're doing good. Um, I followed this guy, um, have had him on the podcast and I'm um, actually in, in like one of his, um, coaching groups. His name's Matt Vincent. And he was like a two time Highlands games, uh, world champion, um, which is where they throw like the poles and the rocks and stuff in Scotland. Um, and like basically fucked up his knee real bad and had to have like total knee replacement. He'd probably have to have hip replacement at some point just based on like a throwing career. And like, he came to this point in his life where he was like, okay, I'm probably about halfway through, but I'm not dead yet. And so like, that's been like his, his motto. Like I'm not dead yet. I'll tell you, man, the first time I saw that, I was like, holy shit. Like that really speaks to me, man. Cause like, and so his whole philosophy on life is like, I'm going to do the things that make me a better person that you know, whether it's my health, whether it's my fitness, I'm going to eat right. I'm going to, I'm going to study. I'm going to adventure. I'm going to see the world. I'm going to experience everything I can because I'm not dead yet, but I will be yeah. right. And I don't know, man, I kind of feel like you're living, you're living that lifestyle too, right? Like just do it all, like do it all. Like, okay, man, we're in our forties. So what dude, like I'm in my forties and I, I, I had command PT this morning. I'm looking around like, you know what? You're doing all right, Dean. You're going to be all right, buddy. Like, um, <laughs> because like, you know, it's, it's cliche forties, the, you know, whatever the new 20, I don't fucking know if it's that right. But like, I feel like I could do almost anything that I could do when I was 20. Like Same. I, you know, I, I don't, I don't like, there's nothing out there that I can't do. I can't dunk the basketball anymore, but whatever. Like I can, I can still fucking do almost everything else. And so seeing somebody like you, you know, like not settling, like, you know, and as we get closer to retirement from the military as well, it's like you have this, you know, goal, this dream laid out in front of you that is going to take time to get there. And I just think it's such a good example, man, um, for me, even for me, right? Like, you know, I look at maybe four years left in the Navy and, and I have some dreams and some things that I want to do. 
Um, but I'm, you know, I'm, I'm looking around, um, I'm looking around at people that are doing things, you know, um, because I, I want to take that example and like fold it into me because it's proof that I can do it. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, um, speaking of like, what's, what's the next, what's the next thing, man? So got it, uh, bodybuilding, but you know, um, I know you're doing some personal training stuff too, but like, like what's, mm-hmm. you know, what's the 10 year plan look like, Erica? So I'm working on my PhD right now, um, <laughs> in exercise <laughs> science. <laughs> of course you are. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, I'm looking at maybe being a professor, um, So I'm on LinkedIn and like constantly looking at jobs and applying for jobs, just remote jobs to kind of do it on the side. Um, I want to continue to learn even after I have my degrees and I will continue to learn from students and they will continue to learn from me. And I love when I'm training clients in the gym and I'm teaching them all everything I know, but they're 30 minute sessions. I can't tell you everything I I know in 30 minutes. Um, And and, and you continue to, to grow and learn because you have different people with different ailments, different chronic illnesses. Um, and so as a personal trainer, if I have a client that has a certain chronic illness, I have to go do peer review research study on different, like what's the best workouts for them? What's, you know, and just watching how, how much I've grown from when I first started personal training to like, oh, you have any issue? Well, I don't know what to do, you know, like to now looking up peer review articles on different workouts. Um, what, what, excuse me, had a burp, um, you know, what physical therapists, you know, would do for like hamstrings, you know, or just whatever. So I want to continue to learn and, um, and I want to continue to teach back and give back. And so I think that like being a professor or, um, a teacher at like a high school and doing like weightlifting for the high schoolers or a Dodea teacher or a fun boss on the ship and not a fun boss, yeah. a boss on the ship. Yeah. Um, so, you know, like I say, like I have all these ideas like pop in my head. I, know. I just don't know what God's calling is for me yet, but, um, I would still get to see the world and still be a piece of, you know, be a part and a piece of the Navy if I was a fit boss. And I could do that for a deployment or two, um, and see how I like it. Um, or be yeah. a Dodea teacher and go back overseas um, and be a, a gym teacher or something that that would just be so yeah. cool. So teaching, yeah, teaching, it. and and still being in, in bodybuilding—that's what's next. And my degree, I'll be done in 2025, well, the year that I retire, if I don't make CG. <laughs> um, but uh, 2025, I'll be done with my degree, and we'll kind of go from there and see. Right. Yeah, I think, um, again, man, like I'm kind of in a similar place where like I have a lot of ideas. I want to open a gym, but not like your typical gym. I want it to be a gym that's like cool, like really cool lighting. And it's like a place that I like to go. It has sauna, it has cold. Yeah. It's got the equipment that I like to use. And you can come hang out with me at my gym if you want to. And if you don't want to, then it's still my gym, right? Um, mm-hmm. And... Um, I've been very open about this. I'm going to get into to psychedelic therapy for, for veterans. I'm, I'm going to become an advocate for that. Um, I have not experienced myself, but I've talked to enough people at this point that I think there's a huge benefit. And it's, uh, it's kind of like right at the beginning of, um, you know, uh, being becoming an available treatment. Again, I have all these different things, right? I want to travel. I want to, you know, do digital creation and create, you know, uh, travel videos for YouTube. Um, but I think that overall kind of where I'm, where my head is exactly like you said, where like, you don't know exactly what God has planned for you, but I'm kind of in that same place too, is that I'm just going to continue to say yes. Right. Like when opportunities yep. present themselves, I'm just going to continue to say yes. Right. Like, okay, this might cost a little much. It might be, uh, you know, a, a, a suck on my time. Um, it might make me feel uncomfortable at first, but it's an opportunity. And if I continue to say yes, and I just kind of like continue walking down this path, continue to grow this network then like it's going to work out i haven't been homeless yet you know what i mean like i figured it out to this point so like like what would make me think that i won't be able to figure it out you know outside of the military so like of course i'm going to be able to and um 
you know, I just if you, if you try to like land on exactly what you're going to do, like num- number one, you're going to go crazy when it doesn't happen the way that you yeah. think it's going to. And number two, like um, it's it's literally a waste of time because it's not going to happen that way. You know what I mean? And you're just like, giving yourself anxiety. Five years ago, I did not think this. I'm a completely different Erica now than I was five years ago. Uh, 10 years ago, I wanted to get out of the Navy. No, that was 2013. Back in 2010, when I was trying to decide, do I be a legal man or do I get out of the Navy? Um, I used to model back then. So I was going to be a model. And my senior chief was like, look spade. Um, you should probably stay in the Navy. And I was like, rude. Um, but, <laughs> you know, I was going to do that. And I also, you know, five years before that, I was going to get out of the Navy when I was going through my divorce. And I was going to open up a used clothing store because I don't oh, yeah. know. I wanted to open up a consignment store. So I'm a completely different person. Um, you are going to be a completely different person in five years. So when someone asks you what your five-year plan is, I have a lot of ideas of, of what I'd like to see and who, who I'd like to be. But quite honestly, I don't know. Um, maybe one of these ideas, maybe all of these damn ideas I have, maybe I'll be a fit boss as a professor, you know, uh, and I'm teaching people and then, you know, you never know. So, right. um, you could do all of yeah. them. Yeah. Yeah. I, I just think you just keep walking towards what feels right at the end yep. of the day. Right. Like, um, you have to trust your intu- intuition. You have to trust your experience and then you just keep walking toward what feels good, what feels right. And I, you know, God, universe, Jesus, whatever is going to take care of you. If, you're taking care of the people around you. Like that's, that's kind of the way it works, right? Like it's, you know, whatever religion or, you know, thing that you look at, like they all ascribe to this idea of karma, right? They may not call it karma, but it's like, you know, you know, do right by people, treat others as you would have them treat you. I mean, and if you just, if you just continue to be a good person, you like do for others, you you are of service to others without any expectation of retribution then like the, then, the universe will like lay a path for you. That's just the way it works, man. And, um, but you just have to have, you just have to have faith that that's going to happen. Right. So anyways, I don't know, man. All right, Erica, it's been fun talking to you, man. Hell yeah, Dean. It's been great catching up. We yeah. used to, we used to sit in the um, mess. Let's don't go so long again, man. Um, yeah. I think I, I may be down in, uh, in Mayport, if not this year, then then like next year for sure. I'm gonna go down and see uh, Ty Giles at the Southeast Regional Maintenance Center. And uh, if I make it down there, man, then I'm I'll, I'll make a point to shoot over to Pensacola to see you. And then also, um, I don't know if you remember Mark Damron. You you may not remember him, man. He was uh, one of my homeboys from back in the day. Um, but uh, he's in Pensacola. He just retired in Pensacola, and uh, so I got a reason. I got a reason. I got a couple of reasons to come over to Pensacola. Yeah. Uh, if I'm if I'm back in Florida, man. So, well, let me know. Um, we have we have offices. My headquarters is in Jacksonville. So let me know. I mean, I could always use an excuse to do a site visit too. So there you go, hundred percent. If I'm if I'm coming that way, I will let you know. And uh, yeah, we can convene in uh, in Jack slash um, Mayport, and you know, um, have a couple drinks, man. So and I haven't seen Ty in a long time. I haven't seen him in forever. That'd be so cool. It'd be perfect then, right? So that's right. You do know Ty, man. Um, yeah. yeah, Ty's my boy, man. Uh, like we go back to George Washington days, um, you know, circa 2009 or something like that. So, yeah. But um, all right, girl. Well, I'm going to leave the, uh, with that. So is there anything that you'd like to, you know, parting shots? Also, where can we find you on social? Any websites that you'd like to share? Any of that stuff? Please, please do so. Um, well, it's been great talking to you as well. Um, no, really, pardon shots or whatever, but uh, parting shots. Um, my Instagram is um, I'm Pretty Fitness, and it's spelled all weird because I made it when I was 17. Okay, um, that was my AOL name. And I'm just stuck with it. And that is my personal training name too. And I was like, this is kind of like, how am I going to get male clients saying I'm, I'm pretty fitness, but Hey, somehow I do. Um, and then TikTok, it's, I'm like TikTok famous. I don't know if you know this or not, but, um, well, now I gotta find you. <laughs> hold on. Uh, what is my TikTok? 
I don't know. I was going to log in and tell you. Uh, I think it's Erica Keels or it's I'm Pretty as well. Okay. Send it to me. Send it to me later. Because um, I'm on TikTok too, man. What's up? I'm not famous though. <laughs> I got like 40 oh, followers. Sweet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. Hey, uh, well, I appreciate it, Erica. Um, hey, and listen, uh, for the audience, listen, guys, it really helps me when you share the show. When you give me like a review, uh, hit some stars on that thing, tell a friend about it. Um, it helps me grow this message, right? Because we're getting to talk to some pretty awesome people like Erica and, and you know, a lot of the other guests that I've had on here. And really the theme of the Rising Sun podcast is like, don't quit. If you want to do some big shit in your life, you're just trying to like be a better you, a better person, be successful, then like the one thing you can't do is quit. So don't, um, keep moving toward that goal and, and, um, it'll happen for you. So, all right, guys, that's it. Have a great day. Keep rising.